following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, season 15, episode number 64. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and it is a Tuesday, so we're going big picture today. I've got a ton of questions for these guys. We're going to hit a lot of different topics, uh, and hopefully we'll get to some questions from you guys. You can call us. The number is 888-855-2297. You can also hit us on Twitter at Derek Eagleton. I'll take your questions that way. And again, we just want to give you guys a big picture look at this team coming off another loss, now at 3-3. Three and three. Facing a uh, probably the biggest division threat that they have uh, this week, and then heading into a bye, so very, 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 very critical game. We'll get into a little bit more about that game uh, tomorrow and Thursday. But super big picture today. How's everybody feeling? Good. Feel good. good. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Let's jump right in. I have uh, probably about I don't know about seven or eight questions here. They're going to be on a range of different topics. Um, obviously, a lot of them have to do with problems because right now when you go three and three and you've lost the last three in a row, there are lots of problems. So let's start first with this question. What has been the biggest or, or the bigger offensive problem? Wide receivers not getting open or dropping the ball or offensive line not blocking well? I mean, I would say offensive line not blocking well because, you know, and, and there's reasons for that. We know that you don't have to sit there and, and you know, talk about that but but yeah I would say the offensive line has been a struggle um, whether or not they're 100% healthy or the guys that are healthy are not blocking well I would say that and I think that stems too if you can't create the gaps for Elliott to, or even mm -hmm. Pollard whoever's in then you start going to the receivers I mean that's obviously it's a problem in and of itself since they can't catch but I'd agree I think the offensive line has not been what it needs to be and we've talked for how many weeks about the drop-off between your starting tackles who are out, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins with Brandon Iden, Cam Fleming. However, that can't just be an excuse. Every team you have to have depth and you have to learn to adjust and something's not working. To Nick's point, and I think Derek brought it up yesterday, and obviously the problem with the tackles being healthy, but you know the interior hasn't played well. Connor Williams has had his growing pains throughout the season. Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. I think the Jets game is the second game this season where they didn't seem like they played a very good game. The Saints game being the other one. Obvi I mean, we all know Zach is dealing with with a back injury of his own. But you know, to quote Demarcus Lawrence, nobody cares. But yeah, they haven't they haven't played up to that that standard. They I think they probably they did for those first. Three games, which, you know, look at the competition and that might help explain it. At this point, based upon what you've seen, you've seen, would you move forward with putting Xavier Suofilo in in place of Connor Williams? Well, I mean, I, I think that you were not on the show last week or two weeks ago when I said that. So I, I missed mean, a I, show. Yeah, I think so. I mean, part of a show. Yeah, part yeah, of a show. Nick, I, Nick did say that. I feel like I've said that a, a, a lot. So when so you you're said, all in on that. I'm all in. I'm all in because I just feel like he is a stronger player, physically stronger to to, to do that. And last time they put him in against the Eagles, I mean, he kind of 
handled Fletcher Cox as well as you can. So I I think that uh, I think it would be good, especially with the situations that they have on the outside and all that. I think he's he's a he's a good veteran player, and and I think this is it would be needed. Just trying to go off of previous years when things weren't going well. I think they would they were going to do that and do it during the bye week if Connor Williams struggles again in this game, and he might with Fletcher Cox being on that defensive what line. What would you do, though? That's what they did, right? That's what they did. That's what they did last year. Redskin yeah. game, he was not good. Connor Williams, yeah. and then bye week. Yeah, no, well, they, they 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 fired Paul Alexander oh, and yeah. kind of switched things up, and I don't I don't know that Connor didn't get benched; he got hurt. That's yeah. right. But and they just didn't get his job back. Immediately they've made the personnel back. moves during the bye week like that before. I mean, you can go all the way back to fifteen when they benched Brandon Whedon for Castle, etc. Uh, what would I do? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an offensive line expert by any means. I. That that it feels convenient to be like, well, that's that's the problem, and that'll that'll fix it. And don't get me wrong, I probably just I'm not pouring everything sure. on the corner. There's a lot of problems on this team, and particularly on the offensive line. But my point though is, I guess what I'm asking you is, is is his play? If you just take his play by itself, knowing that you have another guy like Xavier Suafilo who you've seen play and you feel like he's a pretty good player, do you think there's an upgrade in moving Xavier into the starting lineup over Connor? I know we, I mean, he did play well against the Eagles, but he played several games last year and they weren't all beautiful. Like, you know, if if he was like this pro bowler sitting back there, maybe I'd feel differently. But no, I think I'm, I'll roll forward with it, and hopefully you get Tyron back for this game, or you certainly expect you would get him back after the bye week. And yeah, I don't, I don't feel super strongly about that. Danny, that was kind of my thought. I was wondering if you get Tyron back, is this as much of a discussion as people are thinking about? Right? Are we just more focusing? You're seeing Connor Williams, and you're expecting him to step up more since Tyron is out. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe. I mean, he's obviously Suafilo is like practicing, and but maybe you do try him more in the, you know, those those first team reps. I, I just think that when you, what you saw from, you know, the the third and short, fourth, you know, fourth and short, I, I just feel like that that he gives you a little bit more. He gives you a lot more strength up there. Because remember, Connor was a tackle that's moved to guard. I don't think Suafilo's ever been anything more than an interior player. So. Um, I, I know it wasn't perfect last year, but I mean, you know, he he just happened to be in the starting lineup for that last you know run of seven out of eight games, and you know, Cooper was probably the bigger reason for the the offensive turnaround. But I think he helped. I do. I do think he he helped in there, and and I get it. It it, it seems like it's you're you're just picking on one guy to be like, well, you're the problem, you know. But but when you look at across the board, guys that aren't playing well, and then. Who's behind him? Mm-hmm. Drop off between Dak and Cooper. I'm not a rush. I'm not saying that that's the problem, but I'm just saying drop offs between the backup and that. I think that that's the closest one on the entire team because Suafilo, you know, basically didn't give him his job back last year. So Connor, it, Connor Suafilo, I think is the closest backup to the starter on any spot on the team. From that standpoint, is it fair to at least ask the question about the center and whether your backup? Can give you maybe more than what you're getting from Travis Frazier. I'm talking about Joe. Yeah, it's fair. That's 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 fair. But um, 
I'm going to say, like Dave said, I'm not an offensive line expert on that one. <laughs> oh, that is, I think, That's in, in terms of in terms of like watching, I mean, we have access to NFL Game Pass. You can go watch the All-22. You can get an idea of what's going on. It's very hard to evaluate that if you haven't played it or coached it or, you know, I mean, Broadus has a lot of leeway to speak on that with not just his scouting experience, but his, his experience offensive playing yeah. offensive line. Um you can do your best, like, oh, well, you know, he got beat, or, but you, you don't know the protections. You don't know what each guy's assignment is. And I just, I, I mean, Connor, and, and, and I said it at the top of the show, I don't think Zach and Travis played very well in that game, but I'm just, I'm not ready to say, like, that is this just, gl- like, blinking red light about why they're losing these games and they've got to do something drastic. I'm just, I'm just not all the way there. I think, honestly, I'd rather they just stop trying to run into unfavorable looks. Like, how about they do that instead? I, I don't think we realized the importance of the Amari Cooper injury in that game. I mean, they, yeah, they, they lost the game. I don't think they lose the game if Cooper is is uh, not hurt, and I don't think it's really that close, to be honest okay. with you. Well, I then think, let's okay, – go ahead. I just think Amari Cooper being out for that particular game – I think was a 14 to 17 point difference that they probably win the game by two touchdowns. I believe that. Okay. So let's take this. This is your next question. You set this up perfectly. There you go. Which player is more critical to the Cowboys offensive success? Amari Cooper or Tyron Smith? Honestly, the answer has been Tyron for years and, and I feel stupid saying it's probably Amari Cooper, but I, I think it probably is because who backed I, him up? Uh, 11. I mean, you, you, you wind up trying to make it work with Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and Tavon Austin. I mean, Tavon Austin was was playing outside for a, a pretty big chunk of that game, and, and we saw the the difference there. He can make some plays if he gets lined up right, and that's 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 not really a knock on him. He's not really that type of guy. He's an inside guy. That those guys make mistakes when they're out there. That they're not lining up on the right spot, cost him a big play in the game. Uh, I. I think when you're talking about drop-offs between the starter and the backup, I think Amari Cooper to Cedric Wilson is a bigger drop-off than Tyron Smith to Cam Fleming, as weird as that sounds. I'll go to my grave and insist, like, the offensive tackle play is not why they lost the Packers or the Jets. I'm not saying those guys played great. I mean, you know, there was a big dispute on Talking Cowboys yesterday about Dak getting hit. Like, Dak took a lot of those shots extending plays outside of the pocket. Like, it's not like he just had... Two in particular, two of the biggest hits happened yeah. outside the pocket, yeah. It's not like he had no time to throw and there were just guys... I mean, you go watch Atlanta 2017 if you want to see what that looks like. I don't think this was that. Well, and again, sorry, but yeah. you saw the Jets do it all day. Like, get the ball out of his hand faster. Help your tackles. I don't like, you know, the old do-what-we-do thing. Like, I think the Cowboys could be better at adjusting their play calls to suit who's on the field for them. But... Yeah. I think the drop-off in the passing game is pretty severe without Amari Cooper. And especially, I mean, Michael Gallup, and, you know, I got to give Amber credit. She called out the receivers last week. I didn't think it was justified based on what we had seen to that point, but it was an ironic twist of fate that the first time Gallup was called upon to be more without Cooper in there, he wasn't up to it. Um, And that only kind of highlighted the problem, so... If you told me I could have one of the two for this game, I think I'd rather have Cooper than Tyron. Me too. Yeah. You agree, Danny? Yeah, I agree. And I think we've seen that. I mean, last year without Cooper, and you get so excited, and we see such great things from Gallup. And he even said, he's like, it's on me. He's in locker room yesterday. He goes, I had three passes I should have had. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you do differently 
he didn't really have an answer in terms of how you execute better, but there is a big drop-off, and he's the guy, and he did not perform. And Cedric Wilson did not step up the way he needed to. We saw some good plays from Tavon, but there just wasn't enough and, out wide. And if you know, if we're going to talk about the injuries, I think that if you if you had to tell me, you know, make a bet on which player is going to be able to play in the game, I would say Tyron Smith over Amari Cooper. Don't doesn't look like Amari's going to play. And I, and I'm basing that off of the fact that he had no shot of coming back in that game. Like he he wasn't trying. He wasn't. He was just sitting there. I know he was in a lot of pain, but he was just sitting there. It, it wasn't close to coming back. I just have a hard time thinking that he's going to be able to be back for this game. Yeah. With the bye week sitting there, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't feel good about it on but, Tuesday. But real quick about that, we we've seen this for years. Well, the bye week's there. It's so much easier to just rest the guy one more game and knowing that it's there. Man, they cannot do that. They yeah. if these guys are are healthy to play, they got to play. This is the biggest game of the year. I will say this: I think a lot of their problems offensively originate on the offensive line. I think a lot of the things we've seen, uh, particularly in the last three games, have been issues that start at the offensive line. Other guys have their hand in it, but I think it starts with the offensive line. The problem is, and goes to what you guys are saying here, last year uh, the Cowboys were not doing very well until they got Amari Cooper and then everything changed. Essentially, if you don't have Amari Cooper in this offense, you're going back to that, this wide receiver by committee. Mm -hmm. That's proven not to work with the current set of, uh, of players. I just don't think it's there yet. They looked a lot better in this game against the Jets than they did during those lean games before Cooper got here, I differ. With, I disagree with that. I think I think offensively, particularly in the first half, like they were they were having a hard time getting any kind of rhythm going. Um, it was because they didn't have re- reliable catches. Like there were there were opportunities there, but they didn't have anybody stepping no, up to make the play. Don't get me wrong; they obviously didn't play well, but like it's a testament to how atrocious they were against Carolina and Seattle early last season. Like that looked better than what we saw in 2018. And I think both those teams probably, I would guess, are a little bit better, were a little bit better last year than what the Jets are this year. I would posit, and I I mean, based (laughs) based on what we've seen, I don't expect the Cowboys to take advantage of it based on what we've seen the last three weeks, but the Eagles might have the worst secondary in the league, and we can get into that. We'll see if if the Cowboys can take advantage of that. Let's take our first break. We come back, have some more questions. We'll talk big picture. Cowboys, when we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East riders, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break back second segment of the show live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star dick what you got for us well i do have a watch party that the cowboys have already scheduled here for november the 24th it's on a sunday uh it's in a festive game day atmosphere at the Tostitos championship plaza at the star in frisco the Cowboys will take on the New England Patriots. Danny, I know you will be, you were out there before. I was for the Washington game. It's a ton of fun. And there were a lot of people there, and it was hot. So I, I think this one will be a, a, nice, a nice turnout as well, the uh, cooler weather. Cooler weather, November 24th, Cowboys, Patriots. Mission and parking free at uh, visitthestarinfrisco.com. Should be a lot of fun to watch the Cowboys take on the Patriots. Hmm. All right, let's get back in. We got some questions. We got some other teams to get to before we get to the Patriots too. Jeez. Yeah, that's well, that's be... the watch. I know. Party. I know. I'm just yeah. saying, like, as you said that, I was like, oh, that's just one more problem that's just lingering out there. Nah. <laughs> That'll be a problem we deal with later. Um, all right, so let's go back. I got another question for you guys. Uh, this next question is: What is the what has been the bigger defensive problem for this team? Pass rush, coverage, or run defense? Holly. The fact that that there's been a seven second pause tells you that everyone's thinking. Yeah, it's all of them, and then they all kind of work. You got to pick one together. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say tackling. Because if you it's have to fix finished. one, if you had to fix pick fix one, which one do you think gives you the better chance to fix the others? Pass rush. Pass rush. Pass rush to me gives you. You can. I mean, if you get after his ass back there, then you can do a lot of things. Your coverage looks a lot better. Even more than run defense. Honestly, has their cover it? Um, with the exception of this past game, like in the other five, was their coverage awful? I I, I would say the last two. I would say in the last two, they've probably had some issues in coverage. Um, I mean, Green Bay they scored a lot of points, and and some of that. I mean, they you're right. They didn't get just destroyed. I've just seen some, and I Rogers finished with two thirty eight and needed three or four really Rogers esque throws to make it happen. And you know and what? That's, I said it. I said it after that game. I was like, "That's going to happen when you play him." Ask the freaking pack, uh, the Lions, yeah. about that. I mean, did you see him last night? Yeah. One of the reasons why I probably have a weird opinion about the secondary with regards to the Packers game is because their pack, their tackling was also a part of the problem. Yes. And so I, I think I'm kind of equating that just to the secondary in general. But you're right. From a pass defense standpoint, that wasn't the issue of that game. And, for the most part. Cheeto Cheeto had a rough first half against Devontae Parker against the Dolphins, but in general, it has not been a week to week thing where I'm like, man, this. Yeah. this but Cheeto secondary. hasn't played up. To, I don't think Cheeto has played up to expectations as far as I'm concerned. Nobody, not even defense. close. Robert Quinn is the only guy who's maybe Malik Collins who's fitting that bill. 
I don't think the run defense has been to the point where it's the biggest problem. Yeah, the the Packers they got after him, Aaron, Aaron Jones. You know, but I still think a lot of that had to do with with how they were trying to to you know try to get uh, Aaron Rodgers. And the and the Packers have a great offensive line, and, and they caught him and they gashed him, and you know, and with with a big lead like that, they were able to keep running the ball. But I think for the most part, going up against Kamara, going up against Le'Veon Bell, I think the run defense has been. Okay, not. I, I think mm. the biggest problem is the pass rush. They're just not getting there. At I all. The, the pass rush. I I don't think the run defense has been that good. All things you know, across. All bad all, or all good? No, all that good. Okay, I mean, okay. Saquon did his thing. They were really good against Kamara. Saquon did his thing. The Jet. Well, what? No, they. I don't know. They haven't been that good. The pass rush. <laughs> I'm the guy that sits here every week and defends Demarcus Lawrence, and I don't think he deserves as much criticism as he's gotten. But man. All through training camp, you're talking about Lawrence, you're talking about Quinn, you're talking about Malik. And, you know, we went on and on about how, you know, the guys that they cut off of this defensive line were going to be better than the guys playing on a lot of other teams. And, and it hasn't looked that way. Mm-hmm. I was They're, thinking that same thought. I was like, I've been sitting here saying, Quinn, he doesn't need all this criticism. He's being double teamed. But at some point. You mean Lawrence? Lawrence, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, team. you're fine. And so, but at this point, we're six games in. You have to find a way to start adjusting to that and finding a way to get things done they they've missed uh, a healthy tyrone crawford i mean he isn't he's not healthy but they they've missed that you know and i think that him out there he he's one of those players and i, and I know the fans don't really you know think he's all that good but but the fact he is i mean he's maybe his contract's really you know it used to be a really big contract now it's probably yeah it's not know. even that crazy anymore but but the fact that that he provides pass rush and run stopping ability from the defensive end position is is I think an, an underrated part of his game. It really is, and him not being healthy for for these last you know he's missed some games and then he's been back for two and hasn't really been very impactful. Um, I'm telling you though, I mean I th- I think you know, you're talking about calls that were missed. I mean that I talked to him yesterday. One of the biggest calls that that, that refs missed in that game was the fact that he got punched in the back of the head on oh, a yeah. third down, um, or from the goal line. That would have been a that would have really been a big play in the game. Um, and and uh, you know I, it's funny that guy must have not seen that video on Deadspin because I mean punching Tyrone Crawford in the head like that it's not really <laughs> the smart move, but whatever worked out <laughs> worked out for him for that time. He got me right in the middle of everybody. Yeah. I mean I I saw it. I said it to you and and then and, I saw it on the replay. And I was like oh my gosh yeah. yeah I will say which I guess the way you worded the question doesn't afford me to give this answer. But even free. having just said what I said about the pass rush, like if you could pick. Anything to be disappointed about in terms of preseason expectations and right now, it's probably the play of Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. I got a question for okay. you on that. Okay. I got a question for you on that. All right, let's go to this next question, though. This may take the rest of the show, so feel free to go as long as you want on this. So far, how does Kellen Moore's offense compare to Scott Lenahan's? Better, worse, the same? Which game are we talking about? We're talking about Six the season as a whole. All of, all of them? Yeah. Pull it all together. It's still better. It's better. It's still better. Wasn't it number one in the league going yes. into this game? I mean, it still probably is because, again, like they had, they put up 400 yards of offense in this game. Yeah. I think it's – And that's, that goes back to my point is like 
throw on the tape of the first Seattle game last year or the season opener against Carolina if you need a refresher of just how bad it was. Because well, I promise. Hold on now. But, uh, Go ahead. Amari Cooper. Yeah. I mean, like the thing about it is, is we talked about Amari Cooper being so much, you know, helping this offense so much. I mean, I think you have to look at the last eight games mm-hmm. for Scott Linehan in the first, you know, let's say eight games. Uh, when, when he gets eight it's games, yeah. and then and then kind of look at it, I think it's closer to the same. I, I like I like this offense better though. I, I think just because I think he's got a better quarterback than he had last year. I mean, just I think Dak is just improving to the point. I think he's better. I think this he's getting a little bit more production out of the tight end spot this year because Witten, you know, Witten's not what what he was, but he's still you know he's still out there. He's still making some plays and. I just think they're they're a little bit better, but the red zone numbers. What 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 is the red zone? They it's been cut in half since the losing streak started. Like they were insane mm-hmm. in the red zone and the first three weeks. It's honestly, which it's a good I, question. I'm still I'm still annoyed by the whole well Garrett's telling Kellen Moore what to do thing, and we kind of talked about that yesterday. There's there's no way to know that, but and it cropped up after the Saints game. It sort of it wasn't really talked about last week or the Packers week because the game got out of hand, but like I don't know how different has it looked to you in these in in uh, let's just say Jets and Saints like how different has it looked to you from what they were trying to do because like all the fun stuff we saw in the first three weeks has felt lacking mm-hmm. and I wonder if the, I wonder if some of that is because the games got away from them I wonder if some of that is Against lesser opponents, maybe they feel freer to try different things than against really good teams that they feel like, hey, every possession matters, so we got to be more conservative. I don't know what it is, but you're right. It feels, to me at least, it feels like the way that they call the first three games is different than the way they call right. the last three. I want to I want to point this out too. I hear this a lot about well, you know, the the score, you know, was was kind of they were behind the the eight ball there. The game got away from them, whatever. You know, the getting down seventeen, you had to change. Just remember that one of the reasons why the game got away from them, any team, is because of the offense. You know, like I, I think we forget that a lot. It's like, well, they got down by seventeen. They got down to seventeen because you didn't do anything in the first quarter, or for you know. So the the Packer game got away from them because they couldn't do anything. They were they were you know. I mean, I understand why things change, but the first part of the game and and some of the Jets Cowboys, they're the reason why the game is getting away from them. I agree with you in general principle. I think in this game it was a bit different because the decisions they made before the game, particularly with the wide receiver position and who was active Mm -hmm. and inactive, that became apparent very quickly because Amari goes out quick. Mm -hmm. And now, as they they talked about after the game, now they're running 12 personnel a lot more than they probably would have gone into that game expecting they would. And that does change things. When you now have two tight ends on the field as opposed to three wide receivers, that drastically changes what you're going to do with your offense. So I would agree with you generally. Yes, that's the the case. But I think it, it... it changed so much with Amari going out this game. I think it really left him in a really bad situation. For the record, Jason Garrett said yesterday that they really they weren't anticipating that that was something that they were going to have to deal with. Like they, right. you know, they didn't put. He's talking about his injury. Yeah, Amari's injury. They, they didn't put Devin Smith down thinking that Amari right. Cooper might only get a handful of plays. It's and if they, I would suspect if they would have known that they would have done active. something yeah. completely different, but they didn't, right? All yeah, right. no, that that's sorry, that's that's a good point. I mean, and they they ran a crazy amount of twelve personnel, but I mean, Mari Cooper, Noah Mari Cooper, seventeen runs on first down out of twenty four opportunities. Yeah, it bothers me. I just, that's yeah. 
All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to ask this question to our panel. Should Sean Lee or Joe Thomas be starting over Jalen Smith and or Leighton Van Der Esch? We'll talk about that when we come back. This wow. is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes up to 64 ounce. The growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're doing a Big Picture Tuesday. Got lots of questions flowing at these guys. They're giving me some good answers here. I got one that's going to really stir the pot a little bit. Let's talk about the linebacker position. Should Sean Lee or Joe Thomas be starting over Jalen Smith and or Leighton Van Der Esch? Let's start with you, Danny. What are your opinions there? I think at this point I would start Lee. I would. I think we haven't seen nearly an... <laughs> that's the key Which part. Which one? Right? That yeah. is the key part. Yeah, that sounds good now. now. Look, Tap one on the shoulder. Let's go. <laughs> Gosh. Well, he was starting over Leighton at the beginning of last year anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just... You, okay, listen. You, let, you haven't seen enough of them. And Sean who's Lee Who's been is, your best linebacker when they're on the field? Probably, probably Sean. Sean Lee. Okay, who's second? I want 55. I think it's Leighton. Okay, yeah. I think Leighton's had some moments when it wasn't wasn't great, but I think he's had more good moments than Jalen yeah. has, mm. personally. See, this is where the whole, you know, they love to tell you the NFL is like a meritocracy, but it's not always true. Very true. Uh, yeah. And, you know. Very true. It, That's is, not true. Is Jason Garrett really going to risk whatever comes with benching a defensive captain who's, you know, one of the de facto leaders of the hot boys and is kind of one of the public faces of this defense. I I don't really buy it. I will say this, though. The way that they play those guys, 
they don't necessarily have to bench him. They can just start. And they can keep the starters the way they are, and they just start if, playing and Sean Moore. And, and they done, can do that. They've right? are, well, they've already done it. Like yeah. we, I mean, you know, Jalen has gotten taken out for series throughout <laughs> the season. Have you seen play counts? Like how, how many plays they're each getting? I can pull up the Man, packet. If, I haven't looked at it. If Jalen Smith, so. if Jalen Smith got benched, it would set the NFL record for fewest days between. Press conference and being <laughs> yeah. demoted. That's another in the thing too. Of the league. Yeah, don't and you think? No, no doubt. It would definitely be. It would be headline news. But I'm right now. When you're on a three game skid, I think you're way more concerned about getting wins than all the extra stuff around it. In my opinion. Yeah, I think. Maybe and and if you feel like there's a player that's not getting that is playing well, okay. And a player that's not playing as well, I think that all things are fair game at that. Okay, point. here's another thing. Ezekiel Elliott, great running back, yeah. right? What if you put him at wide receiver? Would he be great? No, he's not. Probably he's a not. running back. So quit trying to make Jalen Smith a defensive tackle and and rush him against the guard. That's not what he does. He's a linebacker that needs to. He's he needs those big boys up front so he can run around. He's not one of them. So I I don't think he needs to be playing on the defensive line and trying to rush and all that stuff. I mean, put him in position where he can do. I, he can sort of rush off the edge a mm-hmm. little bit, but I, he's gotten two sacks this year, right? Is yeah, two or three. He's got yeah, two. I mean, two. one of them. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't a big play, but I mean, Kerry Hyder had Bridgewater out, and then he kind of cleaned it up. But but him against the defensive tackles, I I don't like that play at all. I don't like I don't like those little guys up there because because that's not where mismatches are. You know, I mean, you don't you don't you can run a 40 yard dash and you can beat a guard all day, but when you're right there in space, they get their hands on him. He can't do anything. Put there. him in a place to be successful. Yeah. I, I'd be more in favor, I guess, of more rotation. And and put Sean Lee in there, and it's yeah. Jalen is playing eighty six percent of the snaps right now. Uh, Layton's at ninety. Sean Lee's at thirty five. Joe Thomas is at twenty one. Yeah, I'm up in that on Sean quite a bit. Yeah, just, yeah. Sean you know, played even thir- out a little more. Although, well, so they played uh, sixty two defensive snaps against the Jets. Sean played thirty seven. So he's up closer to fifty. Fifty percent. Yeah. J- Jalen played forty nine, which I can't do that math in my head because I'm dumb. But forty nine out of what? Forty nine out of sixty two. Here I have a copy. That's seventy-two uh, percent. Boom! I don't Look know. at you. I, about to say, I have no, no idea. It's Seventy-nine. Okay. Yeah. I, no I was going to say close to eighty, but anyway, go. Uh, oh, where are you? <laughs> I, I mean, I, first, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way, honestly. And may, maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm being an apologist. Like I'd honestly, I'd rather just let them play through it. Like uh, you know, baseball. Do you think they're going to play through it? Yes, I do. They're. I That's mean. A, because like, what you're saying, Jerry is, Jones's thing is all. It's like if you've seen a guy do it once, you know he can do it. But right? I mean, I mean okay, so they didn't forget this. how to play football. Well, you guys have watched, you guys is, have watched is, him play. You could say that about Sean. No, Lee. and that's true. You, you guys I don't have, have a problem with giving him more snaps. I'm just I wouldn't quote you know unquote what? bench you know, anybody. Dave used to say this all the time about linebackers. You, you have three to play two spots. Maybe it's you know four to have two spots now, but but maybe that's what they need to do. They don't just need to like call a press conference and just bench the guys, but just rotate and it that's, more. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yes. defensive ends do it. Right. They pay twenty one million a year for Demarcus, you know Lawrence, and he rotates with Kerry Hyder. No matter the down, like down distance doesn't yeah. matter. They'll play him out of game. Maybe that's yeah. what they need to do. That's that is the, like you're not gonna bench anybody because of all the ramifications and and you know keeping team morale, but you rotate them more if you want to. And yeah, Sean Sean Lee's a great player. He's played like. He's He's deserving of. I don't have a problem with that, but like, I'm not benching people. And on top of that, like, I don't know. I just they're they're good players. And when a you know, Mike Trout doesn't have slumps because he's incredible. But like, if he did, 
baseball. You just, you just keep. It, going. You, you're just like, just keep getting up there, and you'll work through it. Like that's that's I, what's important mentally. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, don't I agree know. with it's, you generally, and I actually think that applies a little more for Layton, in my opinion. But I'll ask you guys, what have you seen from Jalen? Because I know Nick, you and I have talked about it in the press box. There are plays. He just doesn't look right, no. and, and he looks like he's lumbering out there. The I way don't he disagree runs, with you. he is lumbering out there. And so my question becomes, is that just my mind playing tricks on me, or is this a situation where they're legitimately like that's who he is and that's who he's going to be? And because of that, it's not, it's not that he's getting worse or getting better. It's just that that's who he is. There are certain things he, he is limited in what he can do. He wasn't that guy last year, unless in a – which – you know, and Nick has made this point before. Like he he looks rough in the open field trying to tackle yeah. like wide receivers. But again, he's a linebacker. What, Most yeah. linebackers do. But it's even it's even moving in space. Like you get him downfield where he's having to chase a running back and he's having to do it laterally. He doesn't look right. He doesn't look fluid, and that's the part I'm more concerned about. He's made some freaky plays moving laterally in the past. Like again, the Deshaun Watson one and the Alvin Kamara one Absolutely. from last year come mm-hmm. to mind. Have you have you seen those this year? Um, I I would bet I know Leighton made one on Camara this year yep. that was really impressive. Nothing springs to my mind, but I would bet there's more there if I went back and looked at it. Not okay. not that it's. Can you give me a study, please? J- yeah, Jalen had eleven sure, cool. tackles in a row, three straight games. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's a good number right there. Yeah. You know, eleven. Uh, he had three last week though, and and that that's concerning. And me. he knows he had a bad game. That that was a bad game for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely I'm fine putting Sean on the field more, but like yeah, it's it doesn't need to be this big ceremonial process of like benching somebody. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't sit there and call out, you know. Well, sort of I guess Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence, you know. For, we, I mean, for how they rotate those guys, yeah. but um, you know, it's just it's just interesting because you don't want to put money involved, but it. But it is sort of, you know, and, and, and they, they made the decision to make this guy way more paid than any of these other defensive ends, but yet Rod Marinelli still plays them the same way, you know. And you would like to think that the guy making $21 million a year over the guy making 600000 shouldn't be rotating, you know, snaps like that. All right, real quick, we're going to get a phone call. We got a call from Rob out in Las Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, guys. Looking at the offense real quick, I think uh, a couple things. One, I think Zeke now has turned into a grinder and not a home run hitter. And I think that affects this, this team. Uh, I think they're missing Beasley. I think Cobb is not as good as Beasley for what they want, to move the chains. Beasley's got better hands, and I just think he's better at that. I think, uh, think Witten is – I think uh, they would have been better – which are, and he could stretch the field, especially the middle. I like Witten, the old man, but he's just too slow. And defensively, Nick's been talking about this for years. The reason why I felt you need some big, fat linemen is to protect your sports car linebackers. Mm-hmm. Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch are not trucks. They're sports cars. They run sideline to sideline. Teams now realize, we'll just run at them. And I don't think they've ever recovered from getting run over against the Rams in the playoffs. They look like boxers who took a beating, and they don't want the contact. The one thing about Sean Lee, I know he gets hurt, but he will attack the hole, and he will come up and hit you, and so will Joe Thomas. Uh, they're not going to bench these guys. You know that. You're not going to bench a guy who just paid Jalen Smith, and Van Der Esch is their, their future. They just won't. But I agree. I would like to see Sean Lee on the field more. But 
uh, this team doesn't really do that. And let's and then for one more thing, uh, Xavier Woods and Malik Collins, we fall into the trap every preseason. We fall in love with training camp guys. We hit they they look so good, and we just have to realize that that's fake football. You know that's that's not real football. We've seen it for years that these guys get on the field and they're just guys. They're they they're, they're nothing special, and that that just hurts this this team. All right, thanks for the call. You know, the scary part about that call is that I'm I'm not sure he's wrong about anything. That's what's scary. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm. I don't know about that. I don't like calling Malik Collins just a guy. I think, but Malik Collins is. Which we I talked about this a week or two ago. Is like at training camp. What do you see? Like you see the ability to rush the passer, and he is good at that. He's been good at it this year, in my opinion. Um, called it fake football, though. Well, it is, and, and, and you he, don't see the run defense aspect right. of it. You don't see that, and they haven't been good at that. And you know, Rod Marinelli values these undersized defensive tackles who can get upfield. It hasn't looked great against the run, and I think that's a a very good point when it comes to why Leighton and Jalen might not be playing better. It would be great if the defensive tackle they drafted was good enough to get a game jersey. I don't think that makes Tristan Hill a bust, but it's certainly disappointing that a guy you drafted in the top 60 isn't good enough to be playing. Like then, It is absolutely disappointing. And then you take that part, and then you go with the part he said about Xavier Woods kind of being a guy, and then you realize that they took Tristan Hill over a guy, Juan Thornhill, who's playing really well for the Chiefs right now and getting interceptions and making some plays, and then you couple that with the fact that Xavier Woods is just kind of just playing okay and you have to go no farther than this last week to see what a great safety can do to change games and the cowboys don't have a plus safety right now that's playing at even any any level even close to that that guy reminded me of of i hate saying this because this guy's hall of famer but he reminded me of troy polamalu because every time i watched the steelers play if it was a blitz he was there right there or right on the line of scrimmage but then when it was a deep ball he was back there right like he's how, everywhere he just he's everywhere. he just guessed right and and instincts allow you to do that and i thought jamal adams was everywhere in that yep. game i yeah, told you i trade for him the other part i don't necessarily agree with him <laughs> now we all would <laughs> how about before the game so you don't take the l yeah. right yeah. <laughs> the other part of uncle i don't necessarily agree with was uh the beasley and Cobb. Yeah, I, I like having Cobb. I think Cobb is much better for yards after catch. I think he's a little stronger. Respectfully that was disagree. Really, the, really? I really do. Beasley's a better player. I, I honestly don't Beasley's think he is. Beasley's a better player for what you're trying to do with, with Cooper and Gallup now able to kind of stretch a little bit more than, than you ever had, and they're versatile. I think the move the chains guy is better. Yeah, well, Cobb can stretch it. Okay, but when? When but does that were, happen? But there were a lot of games. There were a lot of games over his career. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Cole. A lot of games where he didn't show up, couldn't get open. So you tell me, yeah, he's a move-the-chains guy, but he's not always getting open he's not. And, and making plays. So it, I still don't. I still believe that they are about the same player from the standpoint of them being able to get open, catch the ball. I do think that Cobb adds an additional dimension that Beasley doesn't necessarily add from the standpoint of being able to get downfield. Yes. And if he needs to, playing outside a little more. But, I, but being mm. a route runner inside, and I think that then playing with Amari Cooper and Gallup and the fact that they are better route runners than anyone the Cowboys have ever had. We know Terrence Williams and Dez were not the best at route running. So I think you've got two legitimate outside threats at receiver that can do everything. I think Beasley I, – I mean, but the, then again, the money wasn't – I was just about to say, change it up now. Let's ask yeah. that question I mean, for the money you it, have to pay it, it Cole was what, versus the money you paid for Cobb. One year, five million, and then he. I mean, Beasley was making seven and or eight. And it's on a multi. I mean, it's with a, a multi-year yeah, multi-year deal. deal. Yeah, with yeah. A, yeah. 
So I, it wasn't the same from their standpoint. It's on my, which Cobb, first of all, Cobb wasn't healthy. Cobb has had drops, and him and Dak haven't been able to get on the same page. But, like, more than anything, like, just Kellen Moore, Scott Linehan, like, why why can't the Cowboys get more than, like, two wide receivers and Jason Witten involved in their offense? Like, why does that seem like such a – and cool, Tavon Austin and Cedric Wilson did it out of necessity, but Tony Pollard is just collecting dust somewhere on the sideline. Tavon's an afterthought until somebody gets hurt. Jarwin, we haven't really seen him utilized much outside of going down the seam where it works, by the way. And it's like it's like they don't know how to manufacture touches for anybody other than the obvious three. So Cobb's role has been disappointing to that point. I don't know how much I put on put that on Cobb. Scheme some stuff up for him. Yeah. Let me say this too about Witten and Jarwin. I I don't know if uh, I mean yes, one's way more athletic than the other. I get that. But I, I don't know right now about the blocking, you know, as far as being on the field as much. Uh, I'm not saying Witten has been the best at blocking. And, he you know, he's had some penalties and things like that, too. But I don't think Jarwin's, you know, this great blocker either. So I don't know if you just said Jarwin needs to play over Witten. I don't, no, I, and I don't know what happens there. I mean, I, maybe we need to ask that question. It's No, you're right. But... Jimmy Graham's been a terrible blocker his entire career, and and yeah. he's he's way on. He's not what he used to be. I get that, but you can figure out ways to use guys' skill sets to their advantages. Yep. And don't ask a bad blocker to block. Send him down the seam where he'll catch it twenty five yards downfield and set you up on the goal line. He's still going to take a linebacker or safety with him, so he still has some value, yep. right? He no, still he helps. Yeah. It's I. It's like I. It, it's very paint by numbers to me, where it's like we have this situation where we will use this guy, and it's just very <laughs> paint just, by numbers. I like how you put that. It feels very black and white, and 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 boring. And and I don't know what else to say. Average, like Aver- yeah, three and three, three and three. Sounds yeah. about right. Very three and three. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to get heavy into the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about the Philly offense tomorrow, then the defense on Thursday. Hopefully, get you guys ready for this game. Let you know what's going to happen. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Danny Sarek, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?